Uh, that's what I kind of like about having like the trainer walk and doing the private sessions. Like, hey, this is you and your dog time. Mm-hmm. The socials, time to go be dumped. You go dump all this stupid there. Mm-hmm. But outside of that picture of here, doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a, a good outlet for the dogs to run and be dogs and play and, and do it safely where everyone's looked after. Um, where train time and general living time is, you know, why should my dog care about the next person walking down the street? Yeah. You live with me. You're my dog. Yeah. It shouldn't exactly. really matter. And 100%. we tend to get puppies. Puppy socialization is about when people develop dogs as you make everything in the world fun and mm-hmm. everything in the world's cool. But you mm-hmm. put very little value in you in that. And it's one of the biggest mistakes people make developing a dog. Like, you want you you've got to go out and rock the socks off your dog and make it the funnest thing in the world is just hanging out with you and playing with you. Yes. Um, Wise yeah. advice. I Stop love making that. everyone else cool than you are. <laughs> so true, man. Welcome to Life with Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts, and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live, and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host, Panos Anagnostu. And I'm your co-host, Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the show. Well, welcome back to another episode of Life with the Dog. Today we have our guest, Alex Edwards, brother. Nice to um, be chatting with you. How are you? Good, brother. Long time. It's been a I, while, mate. I think I know. since last time I was up in Sydney since we got to speak face to face. I know. That Very was a while ago. At the moment. Exactly. What, yeah, what seminar? Um, Who was that? Pats? It was Pats. Was it yeah, Pats it was. or Hans and Esther? No, no, Pats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, I've been looking forward to this one for a while now. You've been on the list since I started um, um, the, the podcast, so it's um, it's been a while now. So, yeah, man. Um, well, we've just been chatting about how your day's been. You've been really, really crazy yeah. busy. But um, before we get into that, just let, let's um, tell the audience and all the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you get up to and, and things like that. Uh, so my madness is pretty broad. Um, I'm based in Melbourne, so about 45 minutes north of the CBD itself. Um, I've been training dogs now professionally for a bit over 15 years. Um, started out just training my dogs like most trainers, and then it sort of spiraled into the madness it is now. Uh, the Mainly what I deal with now is aggression consults um, and socialising dogs, uh, rebuilding dogs up, getting some pretty cool puppies to come through to develop, particularly working dogs, which is going to be a lot of fun, um, and general pet sort of behavioural stuff. Um, the issues that everyone sort of runs to into the dog industry. So, um, but yeah, my day's been super busy. I'm absolutely smashed at the moment. Every day is pretty much a 12 hour day minimum um, before I even get to deal with my five lunatics. So it's um, it's a bit of madness, but it's a silly season for everyone. And most trainers trying to catch up a bit from the, all the COVID stuff and getting onto their backlog of stuff in Victoria. So we'll shut out for a little while and now we can sort of go to all our home consults and stuff like that again, which is good. So. Yeah, how you been feeling since lockdown's eased up? Uh, so lockdown is a little bit different for me compared to most. Um, when all the COVID stuff actually blew up, I was in the States training dogs. Uh-huh. Um, and I was at Michael Ellis's place over there doing some stuff with him. And then I I didn't really understand the madness of it all. And my girlfriend's messaged me and she's like, oh, do you need anything from the shops? And I'm like, I'm watching people punch on on Facebook over toilet paper. And I'm thinking it's just someone having a bad day. Um, but apparently it was legitimately crazy. I didn't realize legit. how big it really was um, 
when I was at Mike's place, he was gearing up to go compete in nationals and worlds, and they both got cancelled while I was there. I'm like, okay, this is pretty big. And then the NBA got cancelled. I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. And then yeah, well. um, I was sitting at San Fran Airport getting ready to fly home, and they announced the lockdown into Australia. So I was the first lot of people isolated in that. Oh, wow. Um, so I flew in, and then I was just doing ha- uh, the home curfew for two weeks, which therefore meant everything got put off. and. Um, I'm pr- for me, that basically meant doing farm work. So I live on a little bit of land. Um, Were you at home? And then, yeah, I was at home for that. Yeah. That was before all the hotel stuff sort of kicked in. So um, I did my isolation here and my girlfriend went and stayed at a neighbor's place and it was a little bit ridiculous at the time. The dogs thought it was fantastic, but it was <laughs> ridiculous to me. Um, so they had a rescheduling nightmare. Then the stage three kicked in here and everything basically just went online from there. Yeah. Um, and then I live regional, so all the stuff that happened in Metro didn't really affect me too much. I could work locally, doing stuff outdoors. I'd still do a heap of stuff online. Um, but now it's sort of the backlog of everyone that was trying to get in in those times and had to reschedule for and whatnot. So playing catch-up on some of that stuff and um, getting to see a heap of the dogs I did online stuff with now in person, which is awesome, and seeing their foundations. They're doing super well. Is it just you? Yeah, so on my own. I've been yeah. tinkering with the idea of putting some on for a while, but I, I don't know if I want that responsibility and headache. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean you're in the same boat by the sounds of it. Um, yeah. What's your day look like? What, what's it? What's what did today or, or the other average day look like generally for you? Uh, most days will involve one or two aggression consults, uh, generally some obedience, and then some behavioural stuff and puppies and all that sort of stuff. Weekends now look a little bit different. Um, I'm looking forward to getting my socialization classes back up and running. Most of those dogs haven't had a real good run with dogs since about March. So they're going to be interested in the first few. But we started doing some training walks where we go hiking and train some dogs. And um, all the dogs that are coming into that are loving and doing pretty well with it so far. So it's just trying to get everyone back up to speed. And then hopefully by the end of the year, we've got socials back up and running full swing, which will be good. So looking forward to those. Yeah, for, for sure. And, and so like generally you're doing one-on-one stuff, people yeah. coming to you and you're going to them as well. Yeah, so most of the stuff is um, people coming to me or me going to them now. Uh, and one-on-one consults, the only group things I do are the socialisation and the training walks. And all the training walks are clients, so they're very good on their markers, foundations, all that yeah. stuff's locked in. And we can start teaching new things, but they're very personalised to what the person even wants to work on still in that. So my training walks could have anyone that competes in dog sports to people that just want to you know, get their dogs around dogs and have a good experience and some fun with them work on obedience, work on engagement games, all that sort of stuff. So um, all the feedback I'm getting from them is pretty awesome and it's a, a safe way I can get a lot of the little dogs around big dogs pretty well because um, I can have anything from a couple of dash hounds to uh, cavoodles in there with some great Danes, the Flamanax, you know, some pretty big dogs. Had a Burma there the other day, which is cool. So wow. there's a good mix of dogs that get into that stuff. So, yeah, how's things up there with you guys? Yeah, man, we're pretty good, man. Like, you know, we didn't really get too affected, you know, lockdown-wise. If anything, when, when everything yep. started, I thought I'd be um, finding a new job do, doing something completely random just to, to get paid. But it went the opposite and, yeah, um, yeah, heaps and heaps and heaps of calls. And it got really overwhelming at one stage. I couldn't mentally handle it with it. So I've got um, I've got a, a girl now helping me out. Her name's Fiona and, and she's been awesome, like a, a godsend, just just for someone to just do, sort out the inquiries. Because I was spending my, my days off that I should be spending with my family, just calling people and 
it was it was frustrating so um yeah. so, so so having that um and every day's you know basically the same we're, we're grinding away with um basically what what you're doing and what I'm doing, except for the, the massive, the massive dogs that I don't get to see too many, too many of, <laughs> of, of the, of those sort of exotics, but you know, it's been, it's been full on and, and I do need to, you know, I've had a few realizations that I do need to try to restructure and work things because you don't want to be, you can't be working like this for, forever. You're just going to burn out. You're going to start hating yeah. what you do. And, and it does it. It does it like, you know, I've just had four days off and we're supposed to go on, on a family trip, but, um, my son was a little bit sick and we just wanted to make sure that, you know, and everything was booked out since no one was allowed to leave New South Wales. So nothing was available that yeah. was, that was decent without paying like, you know, a grand a night and stuff. So it was, um, it was good just to get the four days off It just, you know, tomorrow is going to be a fresh day. I'm going to see a few new clients and it's, it's going to be really good, you know, and, and it's really important that yeah. if you're not, if not recharging those batteries, man, it doesn't just affect you and your family, but also affects the dogs and your clients because you're not giving them your hundred percent. And it can be a tricky yeah. one because you want to see all the people so you can help them, but you've got to be, you know, we're giving ourselves away all day. We're talking. It's a draining thing to, yeah. to be talking and teaching and walking and, and handling dogs. You know, I just saw the physio yesterday because yeah. my shoulders bunged and it's because we're, we're constant, like my fingers, I found out that my fingers are screwed up. Um, and then, and my thumbs rather, and my thumbs are screwed because the, the muscles in my forearm and always clenching my hands, like, you know, holding a leash, you know, and things yep. like that, you know, so have, having a few realizations of that is really important, but how's everything going? We're all sweet, man. Just full steam ahead. Um, I'm really jealous. I, I, I love when we were talking before about how you run your social classes and I'm super jealous. I want that um, so bad, but yeah. I live like not where you live. <laughs> so it, <laughs> it, it, it's hard to, um, to have that space, but we're working on it, but I want to hear more about it, bro. Um, what is yeah. it like when everything was normal, you know, last year, let's just say, um, you know, what, what is it involved and, and why do you do the social classes the way you do them? The, the socials are something that I kind of fell into and I didn't even realize they're actually a thing when I first started doing them. The, um, I would work with clients' dogs and would, would do their rehabilitation sort of stuff with their aggression and reactivity issues and whatnot, uh, but that's a can of worms going down. That's just talking about the differences and whatnot. But um, the, you'd get to a point with the dogs that we could do all the work we could do with the dogs and they're like, well, we basically want to be able to go to the dog park and let our dogs play. What are your and opinions about I'm dog sure parks? You, you couldn't pay me to put my dogs in one. All right. Tell me why. Uh, as a dog trainer, no one's ever paid you to go hang out with their dog just because they're cute and fluffy. Yeah. You go out because there's a problem, because there's an issue, because they need to work on something and they need help. Um, the number of dogs that I have trained or done work with or done court assessments for that have killed other dogs in public areas is through the roof. Mm -hmm. And it's that hidden danger of it. And um, I'm not sure about the laws up there, but in Victoria, for you to go to a dog park, you have to have control of your dog mm -hmm. on or off leash in public. Yeah. So I view it that if I was to go with a dog park and like if a ranger was to enforce it properly, they'd say, call your dog. And you call it, hey, little Fido, come here. Fido, come here. The ranger should be handing you a fine at that point in time. Yeah. You don't have control. You have mm. to call your dog twice. So yeah. I kind of view if I put my dogs in there that it was kind of be like they'd be circled by sharks because I'm the only person that can control a dog. Mm -hmm. um, my getaway with my dogs is we go hiking so I don't have to deal with dogs. Yeah. Um, my dogs also range from Littlefoot, who's a six-and-a-half, seven-kilo Chihuahua cattle dog mix, right through to Echo's got to be about 75 kilos now. Wow. I'm under no illusion if those dogs had a fight, who would win? Mm -hmm. That would be catastrophic. 
For sure. So if I put my little dog in there, like the damage that could happen to him would be horrible. And if another dog was to pick a fight with one of my larger dogs, they're going to win. The sheer size, it's, yeah. it's not even a fair fight. So that side of things, I really try and make sure that, you know, I'm never going to put my dogs in harm's way. Mm-hmm. You know, I get my dogs to enjoy time with my dogs and I'd rather spend the time, you know, teaching my dogs a good solid recall and, you know, have that good relationship with them where they want to go wherever, whatever you're doing. And you can go out hiking and do stuff with them. And that's how I sort of enjoy my little windows of downtime away from the dog world, still doing stuff with my dogs. Yeah. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that that's the downside. It's the lazy man's way out of running their dog, basically, is going to the dog park. And it, yeah. in theory, they should be great, but reality is it's not what it should be like. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. So, yeah, I, I don't know what they're like up there for you guys. Most of the dogs I deal with aggression issues with have had a fight with another dog in a dog park. Yeah. Um, very few tend to be larger public areas where they're not fenced or beaches and stuff mm-hmm. like that. The more open it is, the more options the dogs tend to have. Mm-hmm. But the, the fenced in dog parks tend to be a bit of an issue. Yeah, totally. Look, um, I, I agree. This, um, the, my reasons, uh, I have two reasons why people shouldn't go to the dog park. It's a dangerous mm-hmm. place where your dog can go and it's a place where your dog learns to ignore you. So th- those are the two main reasons yeah, why. And, and, you know, it is a lazy it is a lazy way. Look, I think the idea of it is nice. If it all worked out well and if the dogs could play and have hang out, then then yeah. it's all good. So, um, but that's a whole conversation, I guess. And that's what you've created, right? Um, is a place yeah. where the dogs can be, they can have that social interaction, but um, but it, everyone's been um, screened. Everyone's got a specific purpose of being there, and also yeah. there's there's someone that's that's trained and and understands, and and hopefully all of the owners there and your clients. Uh, are equipping themselves to understand how to mitigate risk and things like that. Is, yeah. that, is that right? The, um, yeah, the, everyone sort of comes to them for the right reasons. They have to be clients. They, I need to have done an assessment with their dog. I need to know their triggers. Particularly the dogs that are somewhat so- socially awkward, I need to know how far can I let that dog go with the other dog's personality and temperament and what are their thresholds and, you know, um, my little husky coda, she's a gem. She's she's a class clown in them, and she's the dog that's really good at getting the dogs running and playing that are really awkward. What breed um, is she? Uh, she's a husky. Nice. So she gets in there and she likes to shit talk and bounce around, but she helps loosen up the energy. And everyone's there for the right reasons. They see the benefits of it. They they understand, you know, how much it helps their dogs. And the dogs really sort of, I put a, a big portion of my training when I'm training my clients is that the relationship between you and dog needs to be number one. Mm-hmm. So why should my dogs ever care about you walking down the street when they live with me? They might never see you again. You shouldn't really matter. Yeah. So when I'm walking down the street, my dogs won't care about anyone else, but this is their opportunity to go run and be stupid. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of dogs. I hear them when they turn in my street over a K away. They're losing their marbles. They think yeah. they're going to Disneyland. Like, <laughs> so we, when we train, we train. But yeah. this is our opportunity to go dump all our stupid and go have a run. And the dogs just love it. Nice. Um, and particularly for those dogs that you've done all this prep work with and you've built them up to be pretty outgoing and confident, this is the payoff for it. And the number of owners I've had walking around in socials crying because they never thought their dogs would play with another dog again yeah. is through the roof. Yeah, nice. Um, How many in, in and, each group on average? Um. It really depends on the week. So most weeks, uh, an average week could be 30 to 40 dogs. Yeah, wow. That's and awesome. And pretty much all of those dogs would be off leash. And then when we have 
busier week. So like every year, we this is the first year we actually haven't been able to do one for quite a while where we have like a Good Friday appeal fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had 86 dogs at that last year. Wow. Um, and it, it's a ton of fun. So, you know, you'll, you'll get all these different breeds, temperaments, personalities, and the dogs running and playing and just having the time of their life, which is... How big is this area, know, bro? It's a safe environment. Uh, so I've got a couple of training grounds at my place. The, that training area would be 45 by 25 metres, something like that. Okay. It's pretty big. A couple of basketball courts. Yeah. Cool. Um, and everyone's playing and yeah, in there. Fit. Yeah. Yeah, well. And the, to me, it's not always necessarily about the dog getting off leash or getting off leash in their first social. It's about the dog leaving feeling better than how they came. Yeah, and nice. for some of those dogs, they, they freak out going in. You know, they've never seen that many dogs before in their life, but I make sure they feel safe, they feel comfortable, or look after them, I've got your back. Um, and yeah, I play a bit of crowd control, but everyone knows I'm there to look after them. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's a really good way, and I talk people through things. I'm coaching them, and they understand more of the body language and how the dogs are playing and you know, the points I might interrupt things. And, and why I would do that. So they learn a bit more about their dogs and just general play of dogs in there. Are there other um, owners in there or inside? Yeah, they're yeah. all in there as well. Yeah, nice. Um, we have some, some pretty basic, easy rules in there. So, like, I won't have kids in there. Um, the one time I'd ever have a dog fight would be next to a child. I never want that on top of my head. So kids aren't allowed in there. But, but anyone that's come with kids, they generally might end up looking around my zoo and, watching alpacas or something ridiculous like that, having a bit of fun. Yeah, wow. uh, so the kids think it's a pretty cool outing. Um, but, yeah, there's no padding of dogs in there. Um, I have a couple of dogs that I train that will come up to you to get a pat then to bite you. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, those dogs exist. Um, but sure. So there's no padding. But if you want to hang out with your dog and give your dog a massage and have a bit of a cuddle with it, I'm cool with that by all means. Um, there's no food in there. I just don't want to run into any dogs at resource guards, so there's no toys either. But it's generally just keep moving and having a bit of fun with your dogs. So um, I was really excited this year. I I think it was April. It was originally lined up for Tracy was going to have me up in Queensland to a socialisation seminar because of all the COVID stuff. I just kept put off, put off, put off, put off. So now it's sort of like it's sitting in there in the winds when we can get up there and do a seminar again. So hopefully um, next year. Excited for that one. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. So our numbers are looking really good down here. I think we're we're. Over a month now of no cases, so that's good. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Just waiting for the whole country to sort of end up at that limit and we can start travelling around doing what we want to do again, which will be awesome. So, yeah, it'll be beautiful, hey. And tell yeah, us about your – you Melbourne, said, dude, come down. Yeah, we have to, I have to come, man. We've got, I think you're, are you the third Melbourne um, – we call you a Melbourne night? Is that what we call it? A Melbourne, yeah. Whatever you want to call it. All right, well, there's three of you that, 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 that have been on, on the podcast, so I've got to come down and – and um, when I'm allowed, when it's legal to give you guys a hug, right? <laughs> you got five <laughs> dogs, bro. Stuff. Yeah. Tell me about um, it. Uh, so I have two huskies, Coda, um, who's five years old now. She's been on the road with me all day doing uh, consults and assessments and stuff like that. Uh, my oldest husky, Shadow, is 13 and a half. He did that for quite a while, but he's retired now, so his job every day is just to be happy. Uh, it's nice. a very hard job you have to maintain every day. Um, <laughs> I have Littlefoot, who I've had now for about 10 months. He's a, a Chihuahua cattle dog mix. He's a weird little thing, but he is awesome. Um, I actually pulled him out of the pound and I was looking for a home for him for quite a while. And 
the there were quite a few people that met him and they all loved him, but there was nothing really lined up. And I, I just turned around my girlfriend and I was like, he can stay if it's nice. too good. Um, he's a real funny little dog. He was quite reserved and shy when I got him. Yeah. Um, and my mum said to me when I told her I was going to keep him, she was like, so what are you, you going to do with him? I'm like, oh, within the next month, he'll be in like three gangs and have a face tattoo. I'm going to make him a proper thug. <laughs> so he's super outgoing now, super confident. He's a ton of fun. How long um, you had him for? He's a dog that just... Uh, I've had him for about 10 months now, something like that. Yeah, cool. So he, he's made some super good progress in that time. He's starting to do some of the on-road consults with me as well. I'll take a bit of pressure off Coda. Um, and there's certain dogs that just struggle with little dogs for whatever reason. Um, so he's a really good dog for that. And then I've got two flock guardian dogs as well, Titan, who's a Saplanamac, and Echo, who's a Saplanamac Cross Kangle. Wow. So... Um, they're both roaming the property as we speak. We're expecting some lambs born here in the next few days, so they're out working, doing their thing. Um, but Titan's my sport dog, so I was actually hoping to get a BH on him this year, but all the trials got closed down, so I'm a bit yeah, shattered wow. about that. But um, he's a pretty serious dog, but he, he's a ton of fun. Um, very good at what he was bred to do. What, what um, breed is he again, bro? I didn't catch it. He's a Saplananak. Some people refer to him as a Macedonian Shepherd. He's a, a big bear-looking thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah, he, he's a, a pretty big dude. He's about 55 keg. Um, and Echo's got about 20 on top of him, and she's still growing at two and a half. So, wow. They're, they're quite big, serious dogs, but they're, they're dogs with a purpose for our property. We have a lot yes. of livestock here. We've got a lot of chickens and stuff like that. They um, they do a pretty good job of keeping the property safe. So, and, and, and what do they do? What, what, what's, their, what's their busy night? Uh, so, Foxes? Titan tends to want to stay at the house a fair bit, and, and um, most of the night he'll want to sleep inside with us, but Echo roams all night. So yeah. Echo roams all night and sleeps all day, and then Titan will be out there throughout the day. And If anything's remotely amiss, he lets you know about it. Um, but he's a very social dog, but it's he's also a very territorial dog. Yeah. And what, and what are they, pre- um, like, you know, is it for foxes or and wild dogs? Uh, we don't have wild dogs here. There was actually one of my clients had one that was taking a few lamps in their property in about half an hour from here, but we don't have wild dogs where I am, but mainly foxes. Yeah. Um, they're very odd feral cat, but they're pretty good at blowing, them, blowing up and making a bubble around the property, so therefore nothing wants to come inside of it. It's pretty good, so. Um, yeah, wow. But, yeah, dogs for purpose. <laughs> well, man, like I'm all about uh, dogs having a job, and I think it's really, really important. Those dogs in yeah. particular are doing their – their most traditional job, you know, and, and the most appropriate yeah. to, to their, um, to their biology and what they were bred for. Yeah. You know, if you were, if you lived in the, in the, um, in the snowy mountains and you had your huskies pulling sleds and that would be their most, um, traditional job, the thing that they were bred yeah. to do, but you know, we can give them domestic jobs through obedience and through loose lead walking is the way that I see it. Would you agree with, yeah. with that? Yeah. I think the biggest mistake I see with most people when it comes to huskies is they try to physically tire them out and they never make them think. They're absolute geniuses of dogs. Um, their ability to problem-solve things is awesome, but the, you need to have a lot of personality and be a smart-ass to own them because yeah. if they're going to drive you insane otherwise. 100%. Um, you know, they, they'll either put you on a psych ward in the first 18 months or you're owning forever. They're kind of quirky and you're... Yeah, you know me well enough to know I like to take the piss out of everything. That is a husky dog. Yeah, bro. Um, but they can be cracking dogs. Like I've yeah. had them for 30 years now. I, I'll always own them. 
Yeah, look, man, I, I totally agree. Like, you know, they're very headstrong and, and they're very smart. And I tell everyone, I go, just because the dog's smart doesn't mean he's good, you know. Um, so yeah. he's, he's going to come up with, with, with a whole lot of purpose if, if you're not fulfilling him, you know. And as you said, yeah, you can yeah. run him for eight hours a day. That's fine. But if you're not stimulating his yeah. mind, forget about it. You're just making a very fit, crazy guy. That's it. You know, after a while, going to the, the path for half an hour doesn't cut it. you got to go for 45 minutes, now it's an hour, now it's two hours. Yeah. Um, and you get this super fit dog that's dumb as shit and can run through walls. It's like, well, that doesn't really help anyone to live with that dog. Yeah. So, like, give us an example of how you stimulate and give him a job. Uh, so, with my guys, like, we live on a bit of land here. So, like, we started our day this morning. We went for a walk around the property. The dog's got to go for a run. got to go for a swim in the dam. Um, fair bit of goofing around in that. And then, um, as I said, Shadow's retired. Dakota's been on the road all day with me. We'll get out with my play fetch at a park in between consoles. But then her obedience is pretty sharp. Um, quite a lot of videos of her actually circulate around online um, of her doing recalls and, you know, tricks and stuff like that. But most of them, because they have that kind of smart-ass mentality, teaching tricks is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so Coda loves doing, like, uh, I haven't done it for a little while with her, but she got up to balancing three balls on her nose. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was something, um, yeah. Um, have you ever heard of Francis Metcalf? No, I haven't. He is one of the most talented dudes I've ever met when it comes to training dogs. He um, He's based in Oakland. He runs the Canine Circus School, so he just teaches dog circus tricks now. Yeah, wow. Um, and his whole yard is decked out. Check that guy's Instagram out. He is awesome. I'll suss it um, out after this. Yeah, um, I, I met Francis, I think it was the first time I went to the States. He was presenting ISAP and he, he was um, doing his trick training school sort of stuff there and he's got, I think he's got four levels of his circus school. Um, and the first time I ever went to Francis's place, I um, went, knocked on his door and he comes and answers. He's a very quirky dude, but he um, answers the door and he's got a violin in his hand and his little terrier Schwartz is there. And Francis starts playing the violin and Schwartz stands on his back legs and starts mimicking and mirroring Francis's dancing while he's playing the violin. Wow. And then he drops the violin down to the ground and Schwartz pops up into a handstand and starts dancing with him in a handstand. Wow. Um, he is an awesome dude. I highly recommend so checking cool. him out. I'm trying to get him to come to Australia. He just doesn't want to sit on the plane for 15 hours. So who knows when I'll be able to get him to come over here. But he is an incredibly talented dude. He does a lot of ring sports stuff now. Um, and then coaching people to do French ring. Um, yeah, nice. But, yeah, really talented dude. Um, so, yeah, he w- that was one thing that I saw when I was at his place. He had a, a um, cane corso that was in a sit pretty balancing a ball on his nose, and I'm like, that is ridiculous. I need to teach my dogs how to do that. Yeah, 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 100%. Um, yeah, so she got up to balancing three balls on her nose. I haven't done that for a little while, but she, she loves, like, just doing goofy tricks right. and stuff like that. All right, we need to stop for a sec. Balancing three balls on her nose and obviously the balls aren't on top of each other, right? Because, like, who the hell can do that? Oh, they are. On top of each other. Uh, what sort of balls are we talking about here? Uh, I teach it with hacky sack balls. All so right, they balance okay. a little bit easier. All right, all right. But I'm thinking tennis is, balls, but, like, seriously. <laughs> it, it looks, does it when he builds up to that. But still the, impressive, the bro. I'm not taking that. away. <laughs> oh, no. The... Um, the hardest part, once the dog can hold one ball, it's on you after that. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you don't have them lining up perfect, they're falling off. 100%. No, that's cool, man. Hey, hey, do you have a video of that? Super hard. Uh, I've got a picture of it. I'll send it to you. I'll find it. you got to send it to me and we'll put it on, on our Instagram or yeah. something. Um, that's really cool, man. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, look, I think I think it's important that, you know, um, for the dog owners that listen to this and trying to educate themselves is that, you know, exercise is not just a physical pursuit. And if you listen to any other yeah. episode that we do here, it's always about merging the mind and body together. And, you know, if you don't have the luxury of living on a property like Alex and, you know, and, and maybe you think you're time poor, well, then maybe you should consider finding more time to stimulate your dog. But get creative with how you train them. Yeah. You know, you maybe yeah. don't go as extreme as balancing three balls on the dog's head, but getting the dog <laughs> to, to, to do different things and spending the time to learn how to, um, and I'm assuming you, you did a lot of um, free shaping, by by, um, and yeah. shaping by doing that, you know, learning about what that is and, and getting creative and it doesn't have to be extreme. It doesn't have to be intense, but just make it regular and, and enjoy the connection. I think the point. other thing that comes with that is it's, it's surprising how mentally taxing it is on the dog just doing very short sessions. Yeah. Um, I've been getting super into scent detection work lately and, and doing that with my guys. And after 10 minutes, they're gone. They're, they're spent. Yeah, we you know, have to like, think about yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, let it, letting the dog just go work and be a dog and watching, yeah. like, you know, how hard it is on the dog just really open their mind up to thinking and learning a whole new direction. Um, it, it's something that pretty much anyone can do. You know, you don't have to be super fit to run your dog, but the scent work is a ton of fun and you become a bit of a cheerleader for your dog while they're out there working. It's awesome. And if you can make it a little bit more functional, like I, I have heard and I haven't had any experience, but like, you know, whatever scent that you teach your dog to, to look for, have it in a key ring and have it on your keys. And it can be, it can be functional like that if, if you have to find a reason to do it. But the, tr- the truth is you do it because you are celebrating the, the fact that your dog can do something on its own. Like something like scent work is that, yeah, you got to set, mm. set it up for your dog to learn, but it's on your dog to, to do the work. And it is very yeah. instinctive. So once they learn what it is that you're trying to teach them to do and and you've and you've taught the scent to find um i think that could be such a cool thing yeah as you said five ten minutes of, of training a day is like nothing but you know sniffing the ground is so physically taxing as well right it's not just about them mm. thinking is that them <laughs> constantly looking working. for something yeah it's totally working it's the right? greatest so. tool a dog has and they hardly yeah. ever get to use it yeah um and, and, and we punish them for it right <laughs> yeah <laughs> my clients that are real time poor and need to give their dog something to do when they go to work and they put their food in the bowl and leave the house. I'm like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. You know, give the dog a treasure hunt. Go find it in, like hide the food in some grass or some gravel or something like that. Give the dog, you know, something to do with their day. Instead yeah. of eating your meal out of bowl in three minutes, go spend two hours walking around sniffing for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it can be a ton of fun. So, Yeah, 100%. And um, how old did you say Coder is? Uh, Coda's five now. Yeah, not, and had her since a puppy? Uh, yeah, so she was actually, at some point in time, apparently she was my girlfriend's dog. She's my dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have this running joke about it. Um, but, yeah, uh, she's pretty much been my, or like part of their family for four and a bit years. She was a real real troublesome puppy. Um, her nickname's a creature from the south. She's the devil child. Um, she was a heap of work, but she, she's an awesome dog. She's really sharp. Um, but she got to find her own fun way too quickly and way too early. And she basically just went on her own little merry way and doing what she wanted to do. Um, so she took work, but well and truly worth it. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. And, um, and so you use her frequently, um, as, as your dog to, to help with aggression cases and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Socialization. She, she's a great dog for it. Um, she can hang in a drop for two hours and mind her own business and not care. She's a really good sort of flirty dog to help dogs, you know, realise, hey, I'm not a threat to you. Um, we saw a golden retriever today that was super nervous around dogs. 
and I get her out of the car. Cool, we're going to do some walking drills. On. We're just standing there talking. She does a big play about, a big stretch. She's like, I'm not stretchy. We're good. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, she's a good balance between you can have her on or you can have her off. She can hang out and do the obedient stuff. Or um, I had someone compliment her last week. She's like, she's so nice and quiet and calm. And I'm like, kind of up and jumps up and screams doing a backflip off my chest. I'm like, yeah, no, she's fantastic. I love her. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she, she's a, a really fun dog. I, I love it a bit. That's awesome, man. So, so, so valuable to have, have a good, a good um, sidekick with you, you know, and, and I yeah. have that with spades and, you know, um, he, he's just turned 10. So I, I have to think about retiring him soon. That sucks. But yeah. it's, um, it, it's, it's such a cool, it's a cool, it's a cool companion to have when you're on the road and, and, and you're doing your thing. Oh, yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, the days you don't take a dog to work with you because they need a break, you're like, well, today sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's not nearly as much fun. Um, exactly. But I, I had to retire Shadow when he was, oh, I, he still comes in social, so he's not 100% retired, but he was probably nine and a half, ten when I was going, mate, you, you've, you've yeah. done with enough of this sort of stuff for your lifetime. And I think we underestimate as trainers also how hard it is the job on our dogs doing that stuff. Like, you know, if I told you every single day you're going to come to work with me and you're going to run into an arsehole, yeah. you have to deal with it and just yeah. put up with the crap. Like, it's it's super hard on those dogs. So, like, you know, Coda quite often will get, like, you know, um, every day we go out, we have us time, we go, we goof, we have play, we go find a lake, we go to the beach, we, we do something like that. So she, she thinks it's pretty awesome deal. And if I don't take her to work with me, she's like, oh, yeah, I do something cool, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so but it, it's a super tough job those dogs have that any trainer that's using their dogs to work around other dogs, it, it can be super hard on the dogs and, and finding that right balance between work and also then making sure the dog doesn't go insane sitting in the car all day every day, um, you know, it, it can get quite taxing on them. So you got to make sure they get their little payoff and rewards there. Yeah, big time. You know, look, I think um, I've noticed that exactly um, since Spade started getting a bit older and I can see, oh, wow, actually – you're doing like four walks a day. <laughs> so, um, yeah. you know, and not just that, but yeah, you are holding down stays. You are having to be focused and having to deal with the dog. I remember just a couple of days ago, I let the dogs run off um, or let spades go out and have a quick swim. And it was this Australian mm-hmm. shepherd just fucking annoying the crap out of him. And <laughs> he's so swift with how to deal with it as well. Like he's, he's not, yeah. he's not, he's not super dominant. He's, he's not aggressive, but he's certainly assertive and he's just, he knows how to how to move around. He's like he's a he's a, he's a slow um, bugger generally, but um, but it's they do learn a specific skill, you know. And I'm and I've got Nookie with me, so she's mm. like the four point four kilo Maltese Pom, and um, she, she's <laughs> yeah, not that's a cool little dog, man. She's I remember cool, man. I had a pat someone. I was like, that's a cool dog. You know what? Like I've I've always wanted a small little um girl, and, and look, and it is important to have, have with work as well. You just got to be super careful, man. Like she's so fragile. Oh yeah, the you risk factor is way too high. And I think that's something that most people own little dogs just don't even take in a, you know, the, yeah. the picture of everything that's happening. It's like, you know, if that dog wants to have a fight, it, it's not built to win it. Exactly. hundred percent. Look, and, and if you're going to get any, any, even like a little terrier, you know, like a little Jack Russell would, would be mm. a little bit more um, firmer. But I, I think the, the real important thing is now having Nookie to help out a little bit, you, you underestimate how, how good you got it with, like how good I've got it with spades. It's like, hey, down. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be back in half an hour. You know what's up. And he's like, yeah, I know what's up. Don't worry. Um, and people are like, you're <laughs> going to get back, dad. Yeah. It's like, you're going to leave him there. I'm like, oh no, he's completely cool. Um, yeah. and, and, it, and there's always a risk. Anything could happen. A dog can run up to him, et cetera. But usually that's yeah. behind, behind a fence and things like that. But, um, 
but yeah, there is a there is a hardcore trust that 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 develops there, and um, it's it's a different way to work I, a dog. I think that's the key word, trust. Like my dogs know I have their back no matter what's going on. Always. And if we run into that dog off lead, it's not my dog's problem to deal with it. I'll take care of it. I've got your back. Yeah, always. And it, it's too easy to lose a dog's trust. Yeah. Um, you see that with the dogs that you deal with that blow up whenever they see a dog on a walk and the amount of displacement behavior they show leading up to that. The owners don't know what they're looking at and they've ignored it for, you know, six months walking this dog. And I'm like, all right, cool, stop. This is the first sign your dog tells you it does not want to go any closer to this dog. Yeah. You keep walking it closer. This dog thinks this is a pretty shit deal after this point in time. And it's now I've realized that barking is the thing that gets me taken away. Yep. You know, and I, I'm going to keep showing that picture. Well, we can do this whole session without your dog barking once if we just teach you how to read your dog properly. Mm-hmm. And, and people are shocked when you go, oh, that actually means something when the dog, you know, pauses in pace walking or looks away or, or starts sniffing the ground for no reason. Like there's a reason why the dog's doing it. Yeah. You know, um, and, and having your dogs in that day in, day out, they have to trust you. Yeah. It, it does become. Um, no, go ahead, bro. Uh, that relationship you, you have with your dogs, is, it's priceless. You can't even – I don't know how you put that into words, the, the trust and the love that you and your dog have for each other when you're walking around, you know, dangerous and aggressive dogs day in, day out, and dogs go, you got my back, I don't need to worry. Yep. Um, my old girl Storm was notorious at going to sleep in assessments. Yeah. Dog would want to kill him. She'd just go to sleep. She's like, he's going to deal with it. I don't have to worry about this stuff. I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're that comfortable. Okay, you do that. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Look, what were you going to say? I have no idea. I've forgotten. Um, it, it's hard, it's hard yeah. with Zoom, man, like, you know, um, missing on, on body gestures and, and knowing when someone's about yeah. to talk. And there is a skill in itself, that's for sure. Um, mm. No, nah, man, I think it's, um, it, it is really cool and, and it is hard. I guess what I was going to say is Spades knows what it is that, that he has to do because it's so consistent. And everyone's so surprised. They always say to me, look, man, um, oh, my, my dog will hold the sit until I tell him, okay, when the food bowls, I'm like, cause you do it every single day without fail, but you don't do anything else every single day that yeah. you need to see like, you know, for example, a good loose lead walking or not letting the dog run through the front door or et cetera, et cetera, jumping on people. Yeah. No one's consistent with those things. And the thing that you are consistent with, you can celebrate is because you're consistent with it. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and, and with like, you know, my dog and, and, and with Coda as well is that, Everyone wants that dog, but no one wants to do any of the work. No one. And for 100%. me, it doesn't even feel like work to me, like in terms of how I interact with my dogs, because it's become second nature. It's become something that we need that this is what I was going to say. I was winding back and I got to it. <laughs> so what, what the hardest thing about our job is that we may be able to feel a lot of this somewhat intuitively and in, in a way that you can feel when the dog's starting to react to a dog with that little still and pause. And you're like, Hey, oh, look at me. You took, you change your direction, you get your focus, you, you develop your engagement or, you know, you start to communicate to the dog where now, first of all, you have to acknowledge that's what's happening. So you got to get it from the subconscious mind into the conscious mind. Then you have to be able to see how the, the, the owner is reacting to, or not reacting to that behavior, show them how to be focused on it and then what to do. And there's so much of a process. And that's why I think mm. me and you can be more hesitant to get people on board is because it, it, everyone can be really cool with the dog. People need to know how to offload and relate that information back to 
to the human being. And I think that's the hardest. That's, that's the art form. The art, there's two art forms. It's reading and learning the dogs and, and understanding behavior and training. It's also about how do you understand human psychology? How, how, how are you dealing with Jane today, but then David tomorrow, complete different people, mm. you know? So it's a, it is a tricky thing. How, how do you reckon you would, um, or what do you think about that? It's, you need to know with your client how much you can throw at them at once. Yeah. How much can you say to that person without overwhelming them to the point they feel like they're defeated and can't get anything with their dog? And then the you need to just light the flame so they're inspired and get the ball rolling. So, like, if I have a couple doing a session with me, I will ask one of them to walk off with the dog and I'll get the other one to stand with me and I'll go, I want you to see what I see in front of this dog. And then when they go and swap over and they go to work that dog, they work them like they've already done it before because they've already read the dog and now it's just getting them their time and reps in, handling the dog, yep. you know, using a clicker, holding food, doing all that fun stuff. But I think a lot of people also forget dogs are learning 24 hours a day whether we like it or not. Yep. So if you're not clear and consistent with what you're doing and you let all the little one percenters just leak out everywhere, that's where your problems generally snowball from. Totally. Um, you let things go and it's before you know it, the dog's got 20%. Mm-hmm. And... They might not be things you really think that matter, mm-hmm. but for some dogs they are. They're, that's yeah. the thing that matters um, more and more. So like a, a dog I saw today would sit at the front window and just blow up at everyone that walked past, and the owners thought it was doing a really good job of being a guard dog. I'm like, you're doing all this hard work to try and get 100% consistency every single time you go for a walk and you see another dog, and the dog is sitting here for eight hours a day just practicing the behavior you don't want it to do. Yeah. Time and time and time again. Yeah. So your hundred percent really looks like four percent. Mm-hmm. Let's blo- let's block some side gates. Let's make sure that you know the, the dog can't sit in the front window and just practice the unwanted behaviour time and time again, because the dog's creating its own reinforcement history at this point, and you can't control it. A good example of so, good management, right? You know, uh, one yeah. thing that I've learned um, over the last decade is um, I was always resistant to relying on management, but management is exactly what you rely on. And it's just, and what is training? It's about managing every single moment with that dog, making a small improvement and a small improvement, a small improvement before you know it, we've made big improvements, but it's all through management. And, and it's so true. You know, you know, what does my head in when people say, Oh, I haven't seen him in like four weeks and they've gone, Oh, you know, we've been really slack on the training. I'm like, so you haven't been hanging, like you haven't seen your dog in four weeks. Mm. They're like, no, no, we see him every day. I'm like, how do you, you think training is, you sitting with the lead and the and your tree pouch and that's training. Training is every single second your mm. dog's with you and your dog's learning one way or another, as you <laughs> said. So um, it's important that we learn that training is when you're with me. Training ends when you leave me. And then that's when now you've just applied. Like, for example, I saw the physio yesterday. There's two things that I could relate to what we do is um, I've got, a, you know, as I said, you know, some issues with the thumb and the shoulders, a bit of bursitis, maybe some rotator cuff issues. Sucks, man. I keep injuring myself. So, um, yeah. But I'm think, and he said a few things. He goes, and and he doesn't think that he doesn't know that I'm an instructor, you know, and that we're a coach one way or another. And he's trying to coach me about. Yep. I want you to understand what's going on, so that you know what's actually happening. You understand the mechanics of it. it. May take a little bit longer, and maybe a few more extra sessions. But I don't want to have to keep seeing you. And I'm like, so you want, so you're basically trying to get rid of me. He's like, 100. percent I'm like, and I'm down with that. <laughs> You know, like I, you don't want to employ me for three years training mm. a dog because like, unless we're doing social classes and group classes and we're advancing and we're learning more stuff, but if we're still working on the same behavior for three years, like the problem behavior, mm. you know, m- maybe we should be exploring different options. You know what I mean? So I, I know there's exceptions to that rule for sure. But basically, yeah. um, but then on the other hand is that 
you can't assume that I know something because maybe from the, the guy I saw yesterday, I felt, I wouldn't say arrogance, but there's that little bit like, duh. And I could have that moment every single moment with every single client. Like, yeah, duh, what the hell are you doing? Are you fucking stupid? Like, yeah. I, would, I don't want to have that attitude with you. Cause then I, it, there was a couple of times where he said a few things and I was like, oh, it made me feel stupid. And I felt like I had to justify myself, but I stopped and I go, that's just his style. I'm going to take it on. But today he's affected me. I've been thinking about how I move my body. So you know, you really got, I can take a bit of criticism. Some people are a zero, no go, especially when you start yeah. talking about their fur baby, you know? So you got to really, you got to know who to be gentle with, who to be stricter with. And then also sometimes yeah. when to step it up a little, um, because some people really do need to step up, especially when you're dealing with unruly dogs that are displaying aggression, you know, and, and um, reactivity is that as much as we have to understand how to develop focus and do all the technical stuff is that you've got to be assertive enough and firm enough to know where the boundary is. Otherwise, yeah. What are you doing? It's also learning. The, the number of people I will go and see, and I, I ask them some questions about the dogs, and then I answer the next four things. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you, you feel like your dog's bipolar, you walk out the front, you think you've got the Jeffrey Dahmer of dogs, but you have the best cuddle dog on the couch at night. Like, yeah. yeah, that's my dog. And I'm like, yeah, it's really sensitive. And you're getting way too tense and you're bunching up the lead and you're putting less pressure on the dog that way. You know, the dog just needs to learn how to chill out on the leash and you need to learn how to navigate through a leash. Um, I had the conversation last week with someone. They, were, they didn't realize how heavy they were on a leash just mm -hmm. with everything they did. They were so stressed about they, they're thinking the worst outcome with everything. And I'm like, there's, there's two different ways you will use a leash. Yeah, there's a big difference between me using a leash as a communicator, how I'm talking to you, mm -hmm. me tapping on the shoulder, mm -hmm. and me punching the arm is a very different. Thing. That's a correction. Mm -hmm. Your dog, you're correcting all the time, and the dog is not needing a single one of those. Yeah, just talk to your dog, learn how to relax. So you know, you go back a step, you work with the dog a bit. You know, whether in their comfort zone, just in the driveway, you know, or in the courtyard where they're nice, relaxed. Cool. Now let's get and do things. Keep that flow happening. And yes. dog training is a feel. I think that's one of the hardest things that people struggle with really early on. Um, and then when they get it, one of my clients now, he's, um, his name is Josh. He, when he first got his shepherd, he called me out. He's been to half a dozen trainers and the dog was a monster. Um, the first time I'd go see the dog, it smashed into the door face height trying to get me. Yeah, wow. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> we've got some work to do here. Mm -hmm. um, and it was hilarious because the first time I went to go see him, I, I dropped off a clicker and I've gone, dude, I want you to load this. We're going to do some work with your dog. This will be a good tool to help you with that. And <laughs> I had Coda with me at the time. He's going, oh, see, so a dog trainer's gone, cool, show me what you can do. Mm -hmm. Straight on the spot. And I go, oh, my business card. What do you want to see? And mm -hmm. he's going, oh, no, show me some tricks or something. Coda popped out, you know, some sit pretties and spins and twirls and the goofy stuff playing dead. It's like, all right, cool. You can train my dog. That's cool. Nice. Um, and we <laughs> joked about it, but he's gone into that dark hole where, like, he's basically he's all borderline a dog trainer now with the amount yeah. he's gotten in. Yeah. He loves it. He's obsessed with it. Uh, and he he said to me, "This is a while ago." Gone. I never thought timing mattered. Mm, the most important. And now <laughs> I see timing is almost everything. Everything. And he's gone like. You know, we go through and, like, I get my clients to write out, you know, their markers, you know, some dot points, talking about the picture, you know, how to how to build behaviours and, you know, how we're basically going to make the dog into a gambler long term. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I got it at the time, but now when I go back on it, he's like, I look at it and it's like, I missed everything. I I took it in, but I didn't get it. And now I've got a feel for it. He yeah. Is, you, you just, as soon as the feel clicks in, he's off. Yeah. But it's all the boring stuff at the start that's not 
you know, a ton of fun is where it kind of loses most people. And he's like, if I quit then, he's gone, I'd never have the dog I have now. Yeah. Uh, his dog's off lead in socials, runs around. She's a bit awkward at times, but um, she nice. runs around and plays with dogs. She comes to all the training walks. You'd never know she ever had an issue. Beautiful. Um, and he just he just ordered a Malinois puppy, so I get to shape and mold that from puppy, and that's going to be a ton of fun. I'm looking oh, forward wow. to that. How good's that? So yeah, he, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much he's bitten off. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, the puppy looks like a, a gem, so he gets that another week or so. So I'm looking forward to doing some work with that dog. Oh, but, nice. Um, He's already obsessed with this. Like, what am I going to print it on as a puppy? You know, we've got to do odor work with this dog. And um, it's like, I've got all these toys, but I need more toys. And I'm like, it's going to be fun. But the, um, to go back on what you're sort of t- talking about before in regards to management, I think management often gets viewed as a, a very dirty kind of work. Like, you have to manage your dog. Whether we like it or not, we're managing our dogs. Like, you know, Shadow's 13 and a half. I go, dude, get off the couch. Go get off the couch. Like, it's... It, it, you're still managing him to a degree and that's the dog's entire life and Definitely. the amount of management that goes into a puppy you know that that's where puppies are going to learn basically everything it's from printing and if you let the dog run the house and practice all this bad behavior they're going to do it forever whether you like mm-hmm. it or not yeah you know puppies require management they need a lot of time in crates they need to sleep they need to rest you can't let them chew up your whole house and complain when they're chewing up the house like um you know those sort of things there to do your toilet training and stuff like that right it, it takes work it's not easy um, 100%. It, and we kind of need a better word for it than management, but it's, it is what it is. The, the dogs yeah. are getting managed all the time. You can't run a house of five dogs with no management. It's, yeah. um, it is what it is. So. No, look, I think people think it's more of the, oh, well, that's just the easy answer. Like my dog keeps running at the front gate when I'm cutting the grass. I'm like, did you close the gate? They're like, no, no, I want him to be able to stay. I'm like, well, like that, that's the problem. And that's the problem with anything, right? It's a human mm. condition. It's a, it's a, yeah. you know, Oh, I went to the gym for a week and I didn't say anything or I, you know, I, I, I tried, I tried learning guitar, but it didn't work or like, you know, mm. shit like that, you know, it's like, you know, you, you are your habits and, um, yeah. and, and you are your beliefs and you are, um, all of those, um, qualities of yourself. And, and it's important that management is about thinking ahead. So if I'm walking down the street, my dog's maybe off the lead doing whatever, and I see a questionable um, person and their dog walking around, very little control. I and my dog's out, especially my um, little nookie. So I call her over, put in the lead, and I walk away. I don't have to. Yeah. I don't have to deal with the situation if I can see it coming. If anything, that shows the level of where you're at. You know, is it to yeah. be able to read a situation? And and that that exact situation happened just the other day, except. Clifford, the staffy that I know, he uh, he can be very questionable. So I saw him up the street. He was in the park where we were, about 100 meters from us. He was looking at us. I'm like, hey, come over here. I have my son with me as well. So things are different, man. When you're walking your dogs and then you've got a baby in the pram, yeah, yeah. I'm like full alert just walking. Not paranoid, but super. Like if a situation <laughs> was to happen, am I leaving him for the dog? Do I, you know, like what's going on and where can I be? It, 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 it does prove to be a little bit different. Um but I think even like if you were a SAS soldier, I just watched the the most recent SAS Australia TV show. It was actually pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I was watching that too. Yeah, it's cool, man. I enjoyed yeah. it. I really did. Um, but basically, like, let's just say you're you're black ops and you see the enemy coming. Yeah, you could probably fight them or you could evade. You know, like you could. You know, you should be able to manage the situation, and that's just what it's all mm. about. You want to have a dog that doesn't run out the front door. Well, then make sure that the doors never open, and when the doors open, you have a long lead on the dog. 
And then you do that for a year and a half, like what I do with Nookie, and now the dog doesn't run anywhere when I'm out the front. So, you know, yeah. people see the dogs and they're going, oh, they're five. That's five. Like how long did it take to train your dog? Well, my dog's 10, so it took 10 years to see what you see right now. <laughs> like that, isn't that, the, isn't that the easy answer? Where is it that you've become trained? What does that mean? Mm. You know, and I think that's, a, that, that's somewhere where then, we fall into. Yeah, you fall back into management. Yeah, the dog knows the behavior. Now I'm just making sure the behavior is still always there. Exactly. Um, you know, and I'm not going to reward the dog every time for sitting, but if I remove all opportunity of rewards ever occurring, the dog's going to stop presenting it because now it never mm-hmm. pays. You, that's where I talk about the gambler. Mm-hmm. Now my dog's always think there's a chance it might possibly pay. Exactly. Um, you know, and then I reward a lot on effort. Like, hey, you try hard, the payoff yeah. is well and truly worth it. So your dog's always trying to better the situation. Big time. Um, with what they're doing. But yeah, it's a, it's a, a tricky one when it comes to trying to get people into good behavior paths. Yeah. You know, get the dog doing things when it's going to be beneficial for them. You know, if I was teaching someone something simple like a place game, get the dog used to doing it in day-to-day life when it makes life easy for you. While you're cooking dinner, eating dinner, mopping, vacuuming, teach your dog to go to bed and stay out of your way. Yep. If your dog's good at doing it that way, your dog's at least got used to doing it under distraction. So by the time you have guests come over, the dog will stay on his bed. Exactly. But if your dog, uh, a lot of people get disheartened. It's like, oh, well, we did a session with the trainer and the dog did it then, but afterwards the dog won't do it anymore. It's like, well, where's the hole happening here? Mm-hmm. You know, why is that happening? Does your yep. dog need a back tie? Mm-hmm. You know, for your dog and, you know, the, the amount of dog you have and while well, it's learning better impulse control skills, you know, creating your dog might be a safer, better option. You know, those sort of things there. It's You've got to set the dog up to success and make the rules of the game very clear and easy for the dog to succeed. Once they do that and it becomes behaviour patterns for the dog, life's easy. Um, when I go to cook dinner at night, my dogs know they're not allowed in the kitchen. They mm-hmm. leave and go sit in the living room. Yep. Like that's what they have to do. It's mm-hmm. Every day it's just ingrained to them from get-go. Yeah. Um, and even with Littlefoot, it probably took four, maybe five months of him being here to get him used to like, hey, when we cook in the kitchen, you can't come in. And there's no hope you'll ever get any food for hanging around in the kitchen. I won't mm-hmm. give you a piece of carrot. But if you stay in your bed in the living room, you might possibly get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not always about necessarily having to stay in your bed. Just don't be in the kitchen. Like you can go sit in your crate. You can go lie on the floor in the bedroom and don't really care. Just don't be here. Do yep. whatever you want. Yep. Um. But it's too easy just to give the dog the treat from the kitchen bench. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, it's just a one time and it's like, oh, they've done it, it's a chance. I, I see this now. Um, yeah, well, isn't it the belief yeah. though? It's a belief of, all right, mm. the, the guy told me to put the dog on the bed when I'm in the kitchen. So they've isolated it. It's the kitchen, the bed. It's very clinical mm. where it's like, no, no, no. You want to teach a dog never to be in your way when there's high value food. They're like, there's a, there's a reason why we say the thing. Our job is to teach people and people that are listening today is that know why you're doing the thing. Why is the bed command or being out of the kitchen important and practice it when you don't need it so that when you need it, it's there, you've got it. You just say bed. Yeah. Why do we, you know, like, why should I bother teaching Leonardo ABC? He doesn't need to read right now. Well, we teach him now so when he can read, he reads, you know, and it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's, it should be like dog training comes in two ways in, in how I think of it is you're establishing a language communication with your dog, but then also you've got to treat training like it's, like it's sport, like we're exercising. I'm your coach. We're playing soccer now and we're doing this activity and merging those two together because most people think of the second one mostly. Oh, the sport, we're doing the training, the tricks. Oh, yeah, 
the dog does the thing. I tell them what to do. It's like a robot sort of um, con- con- connection rather than, no, no, you've got to develop your language with your dog. What does it mean mm. when the lead's on it? Like that's a contextual command. The lead's on you. Yeah. And, and the way that I teach is when the lead's on you and we're outside of the house, you're on, left, on my left-hand side and you're walking with me. If I've got you on the long lead or off the lead, then that's your free time. You're at liberty. So, you know, yeah. you, but how do they know that? is by you doing it every day. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. I, I think the other thing as a trainer, you realise when you – we spend hundreds of hours just watching and assessing people working dogs or watching dogs and their body language and how they move and what they do and the little, the little cues that they give leading up to when they ask for a command and all that sort of stuff. It's, there's so much confliction in what they do. Like I quite often get my clients to write out a list of every single command they're going to say to their dog and what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. And the amount of confliction I had that um, two days ago. We were doing an obedience session with this dog. We're going through teach it how to drop, hold the drop, release it from the drop. Pretty simple sort of stuff. The session of finished. Dog runs across the living room, picks up a sock, and they go drop it. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what the fuck does drop mean here? And they're like, what do you mean? I've gone. We just went through teaching a drop. <laughs> Put your belly on the ground, stay there, food will come at some point in time, hold it until I tell you otherwise. And you just told your dog to drop the sock. And they're like, yes, so. And I'm like, the word. (laughs) You can't say that. I I stuffed up Titan when he was a puppy. I taught him an out, so spit out whatever you have in your mouth. And he was about a year old and he was playing with a toy. I'm like, dude, get outside. He spat out the toy and walked outside. I'm like, you can take, oh, shit. Oh, shit. (laughs) I did that to you. My bad, buddy. Yes. You know, it's like, we're not perfect, but those sort of mistakes, like people will conflict what they're saying to the dog all the time mm-hmm. and getting rid of those little things. I often refer, I think most dogs are trying to go through life putting together IKEA furniture and nothing really makes sense and they just do whatever works for them. Exactly. And, and that's pretty much it to a T. It's so true, man. Um, yeah. That clear communication and when you get in that good groove of it, it, it becomes very easy to work a dog. Hundred percent. And look, and I think it's um it's it's a patience. I think you know things like well, what I've been hearing from some reviews and feedback from the podcast is that, or even like through the YouTube channel, is that something so basic, something so small, like when the puppy's biting your shoelaces, just chuck a tug on a rope in front of it and just redirect it. The simplest thing that you, that you could say, and it's like revolutionary. It's like, oh my gosh, that is the most cleverest thing I've ever heard of. I'm like, okay, so what's common sense or what seems normal to me is like is something someone that's going to treasure for the rest of their life so you know it's really important that we that we stay humble and and know that this isn't obvious stuff you know what i mean it's actually quite it's quite nuanced in its own way but we've made it so normal and and even the way that i look at my son as he's developing i'm i swear i'm treating it exactly the same way um i don't know if on the on the balance symposium you saw um so when we do the shh noise to, to my son um, for ages, that's how we used to um, settle him. So you tap him. Shh, yep. shh. And at first I'm like, what am I doing? Is this, is this negative reinforcement? Is, a, is, there, is there something operant here or, or is, there, is it more Pavlovian? Am I just making a sound? Then he happens to go to sleep. Anyway, I was thinking about it for ages and I didn't really come up with a conclusion to that. But I did see that it was like that year and a half later. So now he's 17 months. I would um, now when he gets up and like randomly – you know, 9.30 at night, he'd be like, ah. And if he goes for that little bit too long where he can't settle himself, um, I'll help him out by just going on the on the monitor, pressing on shh, the first shh, he 
boom, straight away lays down that thing. <laughs> Within three, sh- he's back to sleep. And I'm like, well, that's definitely Pavlovian. That's that's definitely something that he's he's been conditioned to. And I think of that just as, well, that was kind of my intention, even though I also heard that doing this sh- from the midwives that give you the advice. So you got to try to think for yourself as well, you know? Um, and hopefully our job and hopefully our job on the podcast is to get people thinking a little bit differently about your dog. So that way they're yeah. um, thinking about like, oh, what, how do you give your dog a job? You should think straight away. It's like, oh, well, I've been teaching him to hold a down stay for the last 45 minutes. You got something to do? We have some technical. T- yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, sorry, dude. Back. All yeah, good. My sister's side is a good idea to call me. Uh, it's all good. No problem at all. Um, <laughs> so you, you mentioned before that you went and saw Mark Willis. I'm a massive fan. I love his work. Um, I mm. haven't had the the privilege of meeting him. Um, tell us a little bit about your experience and what you what you were learning from him and what you were doing in the States as well, how long uh, you were there for. Yeah, so I've been to the States five times, I think, now to, to work dogs and do different things. Um, the I've been to Mike's place every single time I've been there, um, doing courses, catching up, sitting in, just doing whatever I can do when I'm around him. Um, I'm shattered he wasn't be able to come out here this year. That was going to be awesome. Um, and I know he's got some pretty cool plans in place to come back here nice. um, when he's able to travel again and stuff like that, um, which is, is going to be awesome. Um, he was gearing up to go compete in the Nationals and the Worlds. So he was having a lot of trial prep with his dogs while I was there, which was awesome. Um, yeah. and, and getting to do some suit work with his dogs and, and whatnot. That was a ton of fun. So um, everything, his courses are so well laid out and he just is, in my opinion, probably the best teacher. Um, the way he can explain anything from someone that doesn't know anything about dogs to people that are, are professional dog trainers, he he's just such a good teacher. And his courses are range from anything like the first course I did was his management course, you know, and, and um, setting up his house, at, like your household to deal with difficult dogs, raising dogs, you know, how to control things and, and basically set dogs up for success. Yeah, I love um, that. That's when awesome. I was over there, uh, I did one of his protection courses and we also he released a new course of pet dog training that he said I was able to hang around and, and sit in on, which was cool. Um, and I think that'll be a huge course for him. He, he sat off from doing that for a fair while. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good course. It's, it's well thought out, like everything he does. So, um, anyone that's ever seen anything of his, yeah, yeah, you just know he's all over dog training in every way, shape and form. Um, but I've been to the, every time I've gone to the States, I've, I've gone to go do things or run seminars. Um, and it's most of the time I'm really shitty about this COVID stuff because it's going to be the first time in like five years I haven't got to spend time with Josh Moran, which is really crappy because pretty much every year we find a way of living out of each other's house um, for awesome. a long period of time. So um, he's up in Buffalo and we normally get to go out and drink some beers and catch up and train some dogs. So Josh is a good man. That. Yeah, great dude. Um, and getting to hang out with him and Jess is always awesome. So I'm going to miss not being able to see those guys, but hopefully we can have a, a FaceTime beer soon. Um, most years I've gone over to ISMP, which I think you'd absolutely love. Um, the, this year was put off and next year I'm hoping I can get over there and see Bobby Sapolsky do his presentation and, and see who else presents at that. Um, yeah, I'd love to get out there, right? the conference. Yeah, yeah a, totally. It's a big trip for us to do. I've been to four conferences now, I think. Yeah. Um, wow. at, at, they're awesome. 
Um, great group of trainers there that just are, are happy to talk dogs and, and be very open-minded in the way they talk about everything. Um, you'll get people that go in there that are from completely purely positive backgrounds and you'll get people in there from balanced stuff right through to the people that are a bit more yank and crank than what we would be. But it, everyone can talk dogs and it never gets to a point where people are of fighting and arguing over it. Everyone's there for dogs and to learn and get better, which is really cool. Um, and you have some pretty awesome presenters that are on that every year as well. So the, uh, but yeah, every time I've gone over, I've done different things. I was planning a second trip over this year um, and doing some more stuff, but obviously with all the COVID stuff kicking in, that put that on hold and a few other seminars I had lined up to do this year, which is kind of upsetting, upsetting and frustrating, but it is what it is. So Yeah, for sure. Um, when the world gets back to a normal, I'm sure it'll all get back up to speed. Yeah, we'll get there, man. Look, I think, you know, um, the, the best thing to do is to not, not, not control the environment around you, but see how you can adapt to it. So when, when things change, we, we, we see who we, who we truly are and, and then, you know, rise to the occasion if we have to, or, or maybe it's a time to, to, um, to, and I know for me, it's, even though I'm really busy, it's time for a bit of introspection. You know, I've gone through a bit of a shift, you know, as, from you know obviously being a dad and everything else and and obviously COVID affects everybody but then you know whether you get busy or whether you you become poor you know it's one that they're all stresses at the end of the day and you get you got we got to one thing we need to do is remember that you know while while we're stressing that there's blessings in in disguise you know and, and I think that's really important but um I would love to to um to, to speak with Michael Ellis one day that that would be really cool you know I yeah. do follow a lot of his videos on um on Leerberg and, and my YouTube. I think every single day a video of his pops up. So I listen to him every, every yeah. morning when I'm eating my eggs with my son. Um, we're, we're listening to his work and he's a good teacher. And um, anyone out there that, that's listening, um, definitely check out Mark Willis or through Leerberg as well. Um, got some really yeah. good advice to give, whether you're doing competition stuff or whether it's for everyday dog owners. It's, um, it's really cool yeah. stuff. He's, he's got awesome analogies of just explaining things and and, you know, putting them in a real layman's terms or giving a, a human analogy to it, which is just clear as day that everyone can relate to. Um, few of my mates that have just gotten, like, you know, their first dog or puppies or whatever, and they're like, oh, well, if you've always gone to America and spent time with this dude, he's probably worth following it. And then they'll send me a message like, I saw this video and it all makes sense now. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a guru, um, man, straight up. Yeah, he's been in the game for a very long time and he, he's very good at what he does. Um, from breeding dogs right through to working dogs at the highest levels, he, he's all over it. So, um, and even just from the first time I went to his school to seeing how it's growing now, it's just, it's always getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh, and, wow. Um, yeah, he's, he's definitely on top of it also. If you go to the States, I'd highly recommend spending some time with him. Yeah, I'd love to, man. The, um, very inspiring. Yeah. The, even just for seminars in Australia, though, like, you know, normally I can see me a couple of times a year for seminars. This will be probably the longest time since I met you. I haven't seen you. Yeah, it's um, true, actually. With, yeah. Because um, normally there'll be a fair few of us that bounce around to go to different seminars here in, in different states and stuff like that, and there's none of it this year. Yeah, so, it's crazy stuff, man. It'll be a good chance for us to get behind more of our Aussie talent, though, and we've got some seriously good dog trainers in this country, so hopefully, like, when things relax a little bit more, we can get behind some of our own local trainers doing seminars and stuff like that. We've got plenty to offer here. Why not, man? I think, you know, I'm not, not just for the networking and to share ideas and to, to better ourselves, but it's um, keep the momentum growing. And, you know, obviously yeah. there's, there's many good people in the States and, and I'd love to, I have actually got anyone international on, on the podcast here. I'd like to, to start doing that 
to to um to spreading ideas because so many good things come from there. But also there's you yeah. know in the last ten years, well that's how long I've been in the industry for is that you can see that we're we're maturing and we're we we really got a lot to offer as well. And if you know we have to have our backs as well um and to mm. look after each other. You know, there's plenty of dogs out there for all of us to train. There's no um there's no shortage of it. Um, but sticking That's together and, and especially through the podcast, you know, like I'm happy to, to even plug my neighbor if it was a dog trainer on the show is because, you know, mm. if, um, we can learn so much from each other and we can't, we, we're not like, you know, most of the shit that I've, that I've, that I do is learned from, you know, maybe three quarters of it's come from Michael Ellis and that sort of realm of training. And then everything's been mm. picked and from, from everywhere else to, to, um, a list of names that I can go on forever, but, um, yeah, you, know, you get into seminars. Yeah, when you start going to seminars and you start diving into the, the dog training world a little bit deeper and stuff like that, like, you know, we've, I think I'm up to my third book of notes now from seminars and shadow programs and stuff like that. And it's like, you sit down and flick through those sometimes. Like, oh, my God, I, I know more about dogs than I ever thought. Yes. Um, I, I did a seminar in Montreal and I was there for five days. Wow. And at the end of the fifth day, I'm like, so we have one afternoon left. What do you want me to talk about? And they're like, our heads are exploding. And I'm like, well, we've got all these topics we can still talk about. And they're like, I don't even know what I want to do anymore. I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm definitely blowing out too much right now. Let's just go through and work on things you want to critique. Um, nice. Yeah, it's a, you, you tend to forget how much you actually know about dogs until you start sitting down and, and doing it all and, you know, putting it out there. So. It's true, man. Like even like the other day I was picking up um, something from the local shop and the lady's like, oh, my, um, my son's got a dog. And she goes, um, he barks at the thunderstorms and the fireworks. What, what can I do to stop him? Like, I've got uh, like a minute and a half until I pick up my food. And the answer I can give you is just let him bark at the fireworks. And I'm like, what can I say to you? I'm assuming like yeah. the way, you know, maybe I'm judging. All right, but I'm assuming the dog's not going getting out very much. The way that she explained the situation to me is that the dog, the, the um, mm. you know, the son nineteen got the dog. Now the dog just hangs out. He, he's most likely um, a, a bull breed um, hanging out in the yard, and he freaked out from the fireworks because the boys lit him up the mm. other day, probably. And now we've got an issue. And for me to explain that means that we're we need to get right to the basics, you know. And it's it's hard for me. Yeah. I'd love the fact that I could, you know, offer some help and go, hey, listen to this episode. Maybe you can get something out of it. Or, but yeah. people want the quick fix. And and the truth is, we go put the hard work in. You know, um, my, my one last question I got for you, bro, before we wrap up is, why do you go love dogs, sir? It's a a very long answer. Go, um, bro. I got all night, bro. <laughs> I think I think the light bulb moment for me when it was time for me to get out of doing dog training as a hobby and make it a living. Um, I used to be a cabinet maker. I was really good at you know building stuff when I was at school. It was a natural progression. No one at school tells you you can become a dog trainer for a living. No. And I had one of those days at work where I was just seeing red. I was over it. And I got home and my dogs were just so happy to see me. Instantly had a smile on my face. Went for a walk with my dogs. They just hung out. They're gone. That's what makes me happy. You know, That's spending awesome. time with your dogs. My getting away time with my dogs, just going for a hike with them and just enjoying time with your dogs. Like, no matter what mood you're in, like, your dogs can make you smile. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's – they all have their own very unique personalities and you love them all so differently. But um, I just love being able to hang out with my best mates every day. Like, you give me a better job than that. Like yeah. 
they they steal your hearts a little buggers and <laughs> that's kind of the it's a really hard question to answer it is. because you just love every part of it yeah. and you get it's not just the dogs like when you work with some some of your clients and you see the progress they make and uh, I've got a one of my clients she just got a puppy and her first dog went through like the worst puppyhood I've ever heard of of a dog and we worked her dog through that and then she gets her second puppy and she's just so excited. She's like, oh, my God, everything's so different from where we saw that dog five years ago. And the, yeah. the fun and the joy you get to bring upon others when they see the results they get to have with their dogs, it's, you know, it, there's a priceless feeling that comes with that because you're getting to help and change people's lives. So. I think it's overseen. Like, you know, you're a dog trainer and it's like the reaction is, oh my gosh, that's so cool. That's like 95% of the answers. Like, oh my gosh, a dog trainer. That's awesome. Let's talk. Um, oh, so you can play puppies all day. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, like I remember I had to leave um, a wedding once. It was pretty boring anyway. And I said to him, I'm like, oh, I got to go, bro. I got work in the morning, which wasn't a lie. I did have work. He's like, oh bro, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, you're going to go walk the dogs. I'm like, bro, it's a Sunday and now I'm going to go teach people to train their dogs so the dog doesn't fucking kill somebody um, or, you know, whatever it is, I guess that's the most extreme. I guess the, the, the most appropriate yeah. answer to that is that it actually gets overseen that if I can make you and your dog's connection better, it means every single day you come home, that's a little bit better. When you get out of the house and when you're in public with your dog, that's better. And then things spiral out of control. You, we could probably be saving lives and shit, not just the dog's life, we're probably saving yeah. humans' lives, you know, and, and, and I like that answer, man. That's a, that's genuine. I feel that. And yeah. it's, um, and it's legit, bro. It's, it's, um, you know, we have dogs to complement our lives, not to complicate it. And if they, if we can help people <laughs> have more, um, getting more complimenting behaviors from their dogs and their life does get better. That's, um, what, what else would, should we be doing? You know, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a very unique, different job to what a lot of people think it is. Um, and I kind of like when I get to train my mate's dogs and they get them come through and it's like, of course, so this is what I'm do, like, so we're not just, like, going to sit around and, like, let them play. I'm like, no, we're building a relationship between you and this dog right now. We're going to teach you some cool shit along the way. Yeah. Um, and, and why it, outsource yeah, that it, to the dog park, bro? Why outsource those valuable uh, moments to play with randoms? Yeah. Uh, that's what I kind of like about having, like, the trainer walk and doing the private sessions. Like, hey, this is you and your dog time. Mm-hmm. The socials, time to go be dumb. You go dump all your stupid there. Mm-hmm. But outside of that picture of here... Doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a, a good outlet for the dogs to run and be dogs and play and and do it safely where everyone's looked after. Um, where training time and general living time is, you know, why should my dog care about the next person walking down the street? Yeah. You live with me. You're my dog. Yeah. It shouldn't exactly. really matter. And 100%. we tend to get puppies. Puppy socialization is about when people develop dogs is you make everything in the world fun and mm-hmm. everything in the world's cool, but you mm-hmm. put very little value in you in that. And that's one of the biggest mistakes people make developing a dog. Like you want, you, you've got to go out and rock the socks off your dog and make it the funnest thing in the world. is just hanging out with you and playing with you. Yes. Um, Wise yeah. advice. I Stop making that. everyone else cool than you are. <laughs> so true, man. Hey bro, I've really ha- had a really good time um, chatting with you bro and going a little bit more in depth um, in conversation than what we ha- have, have had in the past. Um, I'm looking forward that maybe one day you can come back on the show and we can go a little bit deeper down other avenues. But um, was there anything else you'd like to say before we, um, we tee it up? No, I appreciate it having me on, dude. It's good to catch up with you, talk some dog stuff. Um, and yeah, welcome. happy to come back on whenever you'd have me. That's awesome, man. Let everyone know where they can find you. 
Uh, Refine Your Canine Dog Training on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much where I post all my, all my stuff. But put more and more stories up now based on my dogs out doing silly things. Um, nice. And things that basically just make people laugh, like trying to climb up to the top of playgrounds. So, um, Perfect. But, yeah, Refine Your Canine Dog Training is my madness. And, um, yeah, just follow me on there for more stuff. Awesome, bro. Well, thanks for coming on. And until next time, everybody, have a good night and take care. Well, good day. See you. <laughs> See you, guys. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate, and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips, and techniques, visit nooches Thank you and stay tuned for next time.